You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Audio Podcast. Well, grab your sermon notes, your Bibles. I'm going to get into the Word this morning. Today we're continuing this the series that we have titled The DNA of Relationships. As we're talking about both the blessing and the challenge uh, of relationships and how we can invest in our relationships to experience more life in life. As I said last week, and you know this to be true, uh, when your relationships are good, life is what? Good. It's good, right? When your relationships are bad, life is? Bad. It's bad. So what? We want to we consistently, continually invest in our relationships. We have all these circles of relationships. We want to continually, consistently invest in our relationships so that we are experiencing, again, more life in life. And the good news for us is that God's Word gives us some help, gives us some guidance. And so we're going to dig into the Word again this morning. But last week we talked about the fact that, that we are relational beings. Like we're, we're hardwired for relationship. It's a part of our uh, genetic code. I know sometimes we feel like, wow, relationships are hard and that was painful, that was difficult. Like no more relationships, I'm just going to withdraw and ice, I'm just going to hang out with myself. And then you find you can't live with yourself, right? Uh, but we all need what we all need relationship this, again we're we're hardwired for that to connect in uh, life-giving relationships so last week we talked about marriage today we want to talk about about the parenting relationship now I know not everyone here today is a parent um, and we have parents and grandparents but some are, are not parents so if, if you're not in the parenting season my hope today is that this is going to be information that you can use for another season of your life or maybe some principles that you can share with someone else who's in uh, the trenches of parenting and trying to figure all of that out but just to help me so i know who i'm talking to today how many of you uh, are a parent or grandparent okay good how many of you would say uh, you want to be a parent. Not a parent yet, but you want to be a parent. Yeah, that's great. How many of you would say you're a parent and you have a couple kids you'd like to swap? <laughs> Two. <laughs> Fifteen and seventeen. And I have two. You know, parenting, parenting is an interesting process. It's like so rewarding yet so tough. Such a blessing, yet at the same time such a challenge. I I came across a Facebook posting the other day that said, if parenting came with GPS, it would constantly say recalibrating. (laughs) I know I preached in the past, I preached some phenomenal sermons on parenting. My wife and I were married 1986, 15 years. Um, We were without children. We were not able to conceive, and then God dropped two wonderful kids into our lives uh, who are now hard to imagine, 15 and 17. And my daughter, our daughter, went on her first prom last night. Yeah, I, I, I had the shotgun out. I had no deal. Uh, so we went quite a season without being parents. And in that season, I was pastoring and in those 15 years prior to kids, again, that's when I did my best work on parenting. <laughs> Preached some phenomenal sermons. And I had all the answers. Matter of fact, if there were parents who had children who were causing problems, I had all of the scriptures lined up. I could give them all of the scriptures. I could answer all the problems concerning parenting. I mean, like it really didn't seem like it was that difficult. And then I became a parent. And I realized how foolish I was. 
Matter of fact, I tried to get some of our staff to preach this sermon today. I said, I don't think I'm qualified to preach this sermon. Would you preach it? And they all turned me down. So I, I ended up with the short straw. So today, I don't come to you as the pastor who's the super parent. I actually come to you as the pastor who's struggling, who's daily seeking God's guidance, how to do, as how I can do this thing called parenting. Sometimes I think I do okay, and other days I think, wow, man, I really messed that up. And so I don't have all the answers. Actually, today as a parent, I, I think I have more questions than, than I have answers. But, but you know, it's amazing. It's amazing all the things that we say and all the things that we think before we have children. All these grand statements that we make about how we're going to act and we're going to respond as parents. I came across this humorous video clip the other day about a couple who's in the, she's, the wife's pregnant and soon they're going to be parents. So they're in the process. And I want you to listen to their thoughts about parenting. done lots of research and we basically have parenting all figured out. Why does everybody say it's going to be so complicated? It's just a baby. I'm going to make all of our own baby food. From organic things. It's better for the baby that way. Our baby will never use electronics. iPads, iPhones. Our baby's gonna be awesome at sports, just like we were. Body training? Six months max. No accident. I am definitely not gonna let myself go when I become a mom. We're gonna make our baby work around our schedule. Not the other way around. It's nap time. Gotta go. All I can say is, our baby won't be throwing fits in public. Mm -mm, we're gonna have control of our kid, unlike those moms. Our baby is going to sleep through the whole night. Yeah, in her own crib. Well, can any of you relate to those parents and their parenting reality? Amazing, amazing what we think before we have children. And Matt Walsh said, parenting is the easiest thing in the world to have an opinion about, but it's the hardest thing in the world to do. And there's no way around it. Parenting is like the most wonderful, challenging, difficult, rewarding relationship you'll ever experience. Our children can be a great source of joy and blessing, and they can tear our hearts out. They can melt us with a hug, or they can irritate us to no end with their irresponsibility. 
And when our children are born, it's not like we receive this parenting manual from God that says, here's five easy steps to no-nonsense parenting. I didn't receive it. Maybe you did. But I didn't get that manual. However, I believe that God's given us principles in His Word that can help us, that can guide us as we're embracing this responsibility of nurturing the hearts, nurturing the lives of the children that God's blessed us with. Here in Deuteronomy chapter 6, we have some biblical principles. So Deuteronomy chapter 6, five books in, starting from Genesis, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Then we come to the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning with verse 1. These are the commands and decrees, the laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you're crossing the Jordan to possess. Notice verse 2, so that your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey, so that it may go well with you, and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, promised you. Verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are are to be upon your hearts. Notice verse 7. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your heads and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So in this passage of Scripture... Moses, directed by the Holy Spirit, gives us some insights, some, again, principles, if you will, for parenting that, that guide us as we're investing in nurturing our children. But beyond that, I believe that, that Moses gives us here the overarching goal of parenting. The overarching goal. And one of the challenges I think that happens for us in, in parenting is that we don't have the right goal. It's like we're shooting at the wrong target. How many of you know if you're shooting at the wrong target... You're always going to miss, right? Did you, what, did you watch the, uh, several years ago in the Olympics, there was this uh, uh, gentleman competing in the archery, was like, he was slotted in to win the gold. I mean, he had an unbelievable score, and he shot at the wrong target and lost the gold medal. Well, you don't want, listen, you don't want, to, you don't want to parent to the wrong goal. You don't want to parent to the wrong target. Now, oftentimes, I think parents think, well, the goal is to make my child successful. And I'm all for success. And I hope your child is successful. But listen, that's not the most significant goal you bringing your child to a point of success. The most important goal is not that your child's going to be some great athlete. Now, I'm, not, I'm all for sports. I'm not against sports. I think our children can learn some great things playing sports, competing. I think that's healthy and good. But the, but the greatest goal should not be that your child's some great athlete. The greatest goal is not even that that they would excel in academics. And I'm all for education. I'm all for your kids doing as best they can in school. And and my hope is is that your child has the highest GPA in their class and they get a great scholarship going to school. Can I get an amen on that? But listen, the greatest goal is not they would be the smartest kid in the class. Listen, the greatest goal, the most significant goal is this, is that you would raise your children to honor God in their lives and with their life. That you would raise your children to love God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. That, my friend, is the greatest goal of parenting. And that's what Moses says here. 
directed by the Holy Spirit. Again, I'm not against academics. I'm not, about, I'm not against success. I'm not against where I think all of those things are good and healthy. But it can't be the most significant goal. The goal is what? That we teach our children to love God and to live their lives to honor Him. And if we teach our children to love God and live their lives to honor Him, then we are setting them up to be all that God created them to be. And hear me, the destiny that God has for your child is greater than you could ever imagine. His plan for your child and your grandchild is greater than your plan for your child and your grandchild. But if we're going to set them up to live that, to experience that, then the goal has to be that we teach our children to love God and to honor God in their lives and with their lives. Look back to Deuteronomy 6, 1 and 2. Notice the directive. Moses says here, it's to teach the commands and decrees, the laws that the Lord has given so that, so that your children and their children after them, what may fear the Lord their God. And that's the goal. So the goal is not to drive our children to success. The goal is not to motivate them through manipulation to get them to do what we want them to do. No, the goal is to teach them, to teach them to love God. All their heart, all their mind, all their soul, all their strength. Now, before I give you some principles from God's Word, I do need to say this this morning. Listen, there's no guarantees in parenting. There's no guarantees. I I, I wish I could say to you this morning, if you do this, and you do this, and you do this, then you're going to get this. But but there's, there's no guarantees. We should do... What's right? We should nurture. We should invest. We should direct. We should, we should do all of those things. But you can do all of those things and still not have the guaranteed result of that you want. I remember years ago again when I was so smart before we had kids. I was preaching a sermon. This was when we were back on Main Street, little church. I preached a, a phenomenal sermon on parenting. And basically it was, if you do this, if you do this, then parents are going to get this. It was a great sermon. <laughs> the end of the sermon, I'll never forget this. This has marked my life as a pastor. There was a couple, a godly couple came up to me, husband and wife, tears coming down their face. They said, Pastor, we've done this and we've done this. And today our son is prodigal and he's making decisions that's wrecking his life. We did everything right, and we're not getting the result that you said. Listen, hear me, parents. Here's the reality. Your children have their own free will. You can teach them, instruct them. You can build into them, but they're still going to make their own choices. So you're not the owner of your child. Oftentimes, as parents, we think, well, I birthed them. I own them. Or I adopted and I brought them into my home and we've invested all of this money and we've done all of these. We own them. Listen, you don't own your children. God owns your children. He created them. He's the one who has given them life. You're not the owner. So what are you as the parent? Listen, you're the ambassador. You're the one who's been entrusted a responsibility to steward. You're stewarding the responsibility of nurturing the life of the child that God's given you. Who's stewards, what we want to we want to invest well. As stewards, we want to manage well the responsibility that God's given us in shaping the lives of our children. We want to do all we can to influence our children to grow up loving God. So how can we how can we shepherd the hearts of our children? Because that's really our goal. To shepherd the hearts of our children. Let me quickly give you this morning, uh, wow, really quick, four principles. Four principles that we find right here. The first is this, 
and I think it's probably most significant, is we need to live out an authentic faith. In other words, don't just talk Jesus in your home. Live Jesus in your home. Don't just quote, don't just quote verses of Scripture. Actually live out God's Word in your home. If you look back to Deuteronomy 6, verse 6, notice Moses first addresses the parent. He says, these commands I give you today are to be upon your hearts. He's saying first to the adults, these are to be upon your hearts, and then you, as the adult, you as the parent, are to impress them in the life of your child or your your children. I I know for me personally, for me personally, what has so What has so impacted, most impacted my life is that I had grandparents and parents who lived out an authentic faith. They didn't just talk Jesus, they lived Jesus. I saw that in my my grandparents on my dad's side. And I saw it in my parents. Listen, my dad didn't just preach sermons on Sunday. What he preached on Sunday, he lived on Monday and Tuesday. My parents didn't talk with me about loving and serving others we loved and served others with our parents. We, we lived it out. Uh, my parents didn't just say, Pharaoh, you need to pray. No, they prayed with me. Uh, my parents didn't say, hey, you, you need to read your word every day. Listen, every day I saw my mom and dad in the word. Matter of fact, if you had been at my home in Arkansas with my mom and dad this morning, I can see the living room right now. I see mom's recliner and dad's recliner. I tell you, early this morning, before the sun ever came up, my mom and dad were in the Word. It's the way they live their lives every day. So they they didn't just say to us as kids, hey, you need to be in the Word. No, they were in the Word and we saw them in the Word. You think it impacted my life? I am who I am today because I had parents who walked the talk. They lived the faith. So maybe, maybe you've heard this phrase before, more is caught than taught. What does that mean? It means this. It means your children are going to learn more from who you are and how you live than what you say. Not that we shouldn't say, not that we shouldn't teach, but what really captures, what will capture the life of your child, what will instill deep roots of faith in them is that they see you living out the faith. And you can say to them, follow me as I follow Christ. You can say to them, I've given you a model to follow after. Why? Because you're living out an authentic faith. So if we're going to shepherd the hearts of our children, first it has to begin with us as parents that we're living out the faith. Here's the second principle I think we discover. Not only do we want to live out an authentic faith, but we need to instruct our children in the Word of God or instruct our children on the Word of God. If you look back to verse 7, the scripture says, impress them on your children. So them speaking of the laws, the decrees, the word. He says, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. I like the way the message paraphrase states this verse. It says, get the truths inside of you and then get them inside of your children. Get the truth where? Inside your children. So we need, to build, we need to build the truth of God's Word in the lives of our children. And when we do that, what? It gives them a solid foundation. When we do that, it anchors them. It anchors them because, listen, they are growing up in a world that's full of storms. They're growing up in a world where they're going to be faced with decisions that you were never faced with as you were growing up as a child. So we have to anchor them to the truth of God's Word. In Matthew chapter 7, 
Jesus tells a story, a parable about two builders. One builder is called a wise builder and the other builder is called a foolish builder. The wise builder is the one who builds a house on a solid rock. He builds a house on a right foundation. Tell your neighbor, right foundation. Well, build a right foundation. When the storms come, the house stands white. Right foundation. Then the second builder is, is, is called a foolish builder. And the foolish builder builds his house on the sand. When the storm comes, the house collapses. Why? Wrong foundation. Tell your neighbor, wrong foundation. Well, we've got to build, listen, hear me. As parents, we've got to build a right foundation in the lives of our children. Because listen, they're going to face some storms. They're going to face storms in their lives. Elementary school, middle school, high school, on to college, after college. They're going to face storms. That's what I know. So what, we, we have to build the, the truth, the truth of God's Word in their lives. And Proverbs 22.6 says this, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not turn from it. Now, I need to say that a proverb is not a promise. A proverb is a principle. There's a difference between the principle and the promise. A proverb is a biblical principle that's true most of the time. So again, as I said earlier, listen, there's no guarantees. No guarantees in parenting. You know, it's, you know not if you do you know, one and two, you're going to get three. But this is what I can guarantee you this morning. I can guarantee you if you don't build the truth of God's word into the lives of your children and into that foundation, then they're not going to have that anchor to come back to. When they stray, they're not going to have truth to come back to. Now, I didn't stray long. At 17, 18, 19, I moved out on my own when I was 17. I had way too much freedom. Um, I... I swayed, I strayed a little bit. But listen, here's what I had. My parents had built the truth of God's Word into my life, and I had truth to come back to. And what we want to build, we want to build the truth of God's Word into the lives of our children. Here's a third principle in shepherding the heart of your child or your children. Invest continually in your relationship with your children. Invest continually. If you look back to Deuteronomy 6-7, the scripture emphasizes being present. Notice how it reads. It says, talk about God's word when? When you sit at home, when you're walking along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Listen, all of that's about being present. And it's going to be difficult to shepherd the life of your child, the heart of your child, if you're not present. You have to be present. You have to be present to make investments. You know, our children, our children are not like a computer. You know, you, you get a new computer, you download all the information in it, and it's set for life, right? Then we wish parenting was that way. You have one download of information into your children, and they're set for life. It doesn't work that way, does it? But it requires ongoing investment. It's kind of like a retirement account. If you're going to have a retirement account that serves you well in the latter season of your life, then what do you have to do? You have to consistently invest over the long haul. And it's the same with parenting. If we're going to shepherd the hearts of our children, our grandchildren, what does it require? It requires ongoing investment. Let me give you three practical ways, three simple practical ways that you can continually invest in the life of your child or children. The first is this, speak words that give life. Speak words that give life. There's a scripture in, in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 18 uh, verse 21 that says words kill or words give life they're either 
poison or fruit, you get to choose. I think we understand that. We understand the power of words. Listen, your words to your children are like fertilizer that makes them grow, or it's like poison that brings death. The power of words. So how can we continually invest in our children? Speak words that give life. Affirm them. Encourage them. Applaud them. Speak words that make them know that they are valuable. So first, speak words that give life. Here's the second way that we continually invest in our children is by spending time that communicates value. There's nothing that communicates value more than time invested. Now, I know the challenge. I know the challenge that most of you have. Like, where do I get the time? Life is so pressed. Life is so busy. The demands of work, the pressures at work, the pressures of life. I, I, I don't know if there's an easy answer to that. But this is what I know. Somehow in your life, somehow in your work, somehow in your schedule, you have to find the time. The time to make the investment. So we're creating time to spend. We're, we're being present with. Here's the third way. Shower your children with love. Listen, say it again, say it again, say it again. Over and over and over. I love you, I love you, I love you. And I call my parents almost every day because of the distance that separates us. Every day I check in. And when we end the conversation, whether I'm talking to my dad or I'm talking to my mom, the last thing we say is, I love you. I'm 52 and I still need to hear it. I love you. From both dad and mom. Interesting, studies have been done, a lot of studies have been done on a child that grows up in a loving environment versus a child that grows up in an environment where there's not love, where there's not affirmation. You can check this out, you can Google it, read all of these studies, but what they've discovered time and time again, for the child who grows up in an environment, in a home where love is expressed, they're more secure, they're more confident, and they're more likely to succeed. Because of love. Love was spoken. Love was communicated. So shower your children with love. But we're continually, we're continually investing. When they're young, when they're teenagers, as even young adults, and then even, even as they get older. I mean, again, I'm 52 and I still, I still love to hear my dad say, son, I love you. Man, it fills my tank at 52. It's critical. And we want, to, we want to continually invest as we're nurturing the lives of our children. And finally, the final way that we can shepherd the hearts of our children is we need to train our children through discipline. Train our children through discipline. Proverbs 13.24 says, He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him. This is my favorite, this is my mom's favorite verse. <laughs> He quoted it all the time. And I have an older brother. How many of you know when there's two, you can get into more trouble? And most of it was my brother's fault. And I was just following along because I was younger than him. Though I blame him for it. But we used to get a minimum of three spankings a day. A minimum. And it was never, you know, it was not, I know some of you have been physically abused. It was never that way. It was always out of... Uh, love and compassion, but at, at least three spankings a day. Another day I was talking with my mom on the phone. She said, son, I'm so sorry that I was so strict and, and I gave you so many spankings. And, and I said, hey, mom, I said, you don't know half of what we did. You were so kind. 
I said, if you knew the rest of it. I mean, we played with dynamite. We blew things. I mean, I have some stories I could tell. But discipline becomes critical as we're nurturing the lives of our children. As we're setting them up for the great future that God has for them. Let me tell you why it's critical. It's because your children have um, a a depraved humanity. Listen, they don't come out of the womb as angels. They come out of the womb needing redemption. They come out of the womb needing direction. I mean, think about it. You, You don't have to teach your children how to be deceitful. You don't have to teach them how to not share. You don't have to teach them how to throw a fit. Why? It's part of their humanity. And you as the parent have been given this this responsibility to shepherd the heart of your child. And part of that is discipline that directs. Now, discipline can never be just for the sake of pain. Discipline is for the purpose of training. Discipline should never be done out of control while you're angry. If you discipline out of control while you're angry, it's probably going to be inappropriate. So if you're angry, you need to step back, take a breath, say a prayer, pray in the Spirit a bit, and then do the discipline. Get yourself under control before you begin the process of discipline. But discipline is so critical And helping our children become all that God's created them to be. It's part of the refining process. Because God's given you this great gift. And now you as the parent, again, you're you're shaping shaping the gift. And part of that is the process of, of discipline. So as we think about discipline, discipline should be three things. It should be firm, it should be fair, it should be friendly. Firm, fair, and friendly. Listen, consequences should be clearly stated and then adhered to when inappropriate behavior occurs. Listen, don't you dare be that parent. So, oh, you better stop. I'm going to count. One, two, two and a half, two and three quarters, and then you don't do anything. Listen, don't do that. Listen, don't lie to your child. If you say you're going to do it, do it. If you give consequences, follow through. You need to be firm. He said, I know it's not always easy, but it's so necessary. Because again, discipline is a part of the training, the nurturing of your child. So first, it it, it needs to be firm. I, I think secondly, it needs to be fair. The punishment should fit the crime. Listen, don't go overboard. Don't discourage your child. Again, what we're we're trying to direct them, we're trying to build them, not destroy them. So it should be fair. Not only it should be fair, it should be friendly. Listen, discipline should always happen out of compassion. Again, never out of anger. Never out of rage. You know, in the multitude of spankings that I got mainly from mom, because she was the one who would use the rod, she didn't want to spoil the child. She would tell me this, and I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it when I was a kid. She would say, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. And I'd say, right. (laughs) But today as a parent, I get it. 
it hurts me more than it's going to hurt you. See, discipline should always come out of a heart of compassion as a part of the process of shaping the child that God's entrusted to you but to help them become, again, all that God created them to be. So how do we shepherd the hearts of our children? I really believe it's found in these four things, that we, we live out an authentic faith. We, we, we walk the talk. We invest in our children. We build God's Word into their lives. We, we invest in them and then we affirm them and we encourage them and we bring the discipline that directs. We bring the discipline that trains them. Listen, there's no such thing as a perfect parent, so just be a real one that consistently invests in the lives of your children. For the parents today, I want to leave you with this one verse of Scripture, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, that reads like this. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. Don't become weary. Keep investing. Don't become overwhelmed. Man, keep giving. And God's word will be true. Sometimes, somehow, some way, you're going to see a return on the investment. So for all of all of you today who are parents, grandparents. I, I want to conclude this morning by helping, uh, by praying with you and praying for you as I pray for myself. Because this is what I've come to realize. I'm over my head. What I've come to realize as a parent, I don't have all the answers. What I've come to realize is I need the help of the Holy Spirit. The one who's the coach, the comforter. The one who comes alongside us to guide us. We need the help of the Holy Spirit as we're embracing this God-given responsibility of parenting. Would you pray with me, Lord, I thank you this morning that you've granted us the privilege of, of, of giving life, of bringing forth life. You've given us the privilege of, of parenting. And, and Lord, as I've said, Lord, it's the most wonderful, thrilling life-giving experience in life, Lord, on the other side, at times it's so challenging and it's so difficult. And we wonder, are we doing it right? And that's the reality of parenting. And Holy Spirit, this morning I pray not only for myself as a parent, but Lord, I, I pray for every parent here. Holy Spirit, we ask that You would help us. Help us to shepherd the hearts of our children and grandchildren well in a way that sets them up for the great future that You have for them. Because Lord, I believe in every child there's great destiny. I believe in every child there's great plans, there's great purpose, there's great future by Your design. Now Lord, we don't own our children. You own them. You're the Creator. You're the giver of life. But Lord, You've called us to steward, to give oversight to, to give management to. So Holy Spirit, we ask today that You would help us. Give us insight. Lord, for those who are are in that season of toddlers and it's just like, wow, where can I find the energy to do another load of laundry? Where can I find the energy 
to go through another sleepless night. Lord, for those, I just pray that you would energize them. Lord, for those who are in the season of, of preteen into the teenage years, and Lord, we, we wonder, are we going to get through this? Are we, are we going to be able to make it without losing our minds? Holy Spirit, I ask that you give insight and understanding. Help us to coach well. Help us to direct well. For those who are in the season of, of, of having children who become young adults, Oh, Lord, in that season, Lord, I pray that the friendship that they share would be, uh, Lord, so life-giving. And, Lord, even in that season, Lord, may parents be able to bring wisdom and insight and counsel. Lord, for those who have come into this season of being grandparents, what a, what a wonderful season. We're grateful, Lord, for the wisdom, the insight you've given to grandparents. Lord, may they use that to invest well. We need godly grandmas and grandpas, Lord, pouring down into the younger generations. So critical. Holy Spirit, today we we simply confess our our need. Here we are. I think we probably pretty much all say we're struggling parents, struggling grandparents. Holy Spirit, help us to do it well in a way, God, that brings honor to you and in a way that sets our children up for the great future that you have for them. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.